This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Let's have it. You ready? I'm always ready. I'm born ready, my friend. Come on. Listen. Don't phase me. Listen, right? We are. Fucking we're... hell. <laughs> Pardon my language. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are going to talk, obviously, UFC. We're going to talk about UFC 204 and coming to Manchester. But I want to do a bit of history, right? Please. Because I'm a Blackburn boy. You're a Clitheroe boy. That is, that is correct. From back in the day. When you, when you were starting this journey out, mm. when you're going through the struggles from Clitheroe yes. to Orange County, you couldn't have imagined that, could you? Do you know what? To be honest, a million... Not, all right, okay, so here's the truth. Actually, the plan was pretty much everything that I've done and achieved, that was the plan that was set out in stone from my old coach back in the day. A lot of what he said has come true. Now, of course, living in America, that wasn't part of the plan. That kind of just came along. Listen, there's a big world out there, yeah. you know, and Clitheroe's a great place. Manchester's awesome. England's amazing. But there's a big old world out there. And if you don't go out there and experience some of it, it's a bit of a shame. So I've got a work visa through the UFC. Why not? So I'm just out there enjoying a bit of sunshine, you know, while I can. But that that, that is where the majority of your business is. UFC, is. I mean, it's growing in the UK, obviously. <laughs> it helps when you've got a UK champ, you yes. know what I mean? But yep. the UFC is uh, American-based and South American-based. You've got to be out there to, sure. obviously grow, to grow, grow your platform. Yeah, absolutely. P- predominantly, it is a, an American sport, as you said, and it's actually huge out there. It's a mainstream sport, it really is. And, of course, along with that comes a lot of other opportunities. So that's another reason why, why, I'm, why I'm out there. You know, of course, the training's good. The fighting predominantly happens out there for myself. Well, saying that, I've been fighting in the UK mainly lately but there's lots of other ancillary opportunities sponsorship yeah, yeah. movies things like that plus you you're know. on the TV all the time man you're on Fox aren't you yeah Presenting that's right I, I that. do a lot of work for Fox and this and that so yeah it's good you know things are going well out there you know there's certainly more opportunity in Los Angeles than there is in Clitheroe it's a shocker I know that is my come as a shock to some people but it's true <laughs> did you ever think that you would get into stuff like TV and presenting and stuff like that off the back of your fighting <sighs> Because, come no, on, you've got no. the personality, man. You've got the personality yeah, to chat it up. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, that was never my plan. You know, of course, I was always looking at the fighting uh, and, and that's what I always wanted to do. Uh, when I was at school, actually, I did have a little uh, penchant for drama. Did you? you? Know I mean? Yeah, a little bit, I guess. But um, Were you in the play? Were you in the, like, Christmas play or something? I always enjoyed it, you know what I mean? Always, always acting up, always performing, I guess. But... Um, yeah, I got an opportunity to do a movie in 2009 and I absolutely loved it, to be honest. It was amazing. It really was an incredible experience. And I thought, do you know what? I enjoyed that. And the director gave me fantastic feedback. Yeah. And I thought, let's do it. I'll give it another shot. Why not? So I've got an acting coach, got an agent, yada, yada, yada. We'll see what happens. Because next year, Triple X is out, yeah? Yes. Return of Xander Cage. Correct. You film that, that's done. Finished. What's that like working with Vin Diesel, man? It was absolutely amazing. So Vin Diesel, Samuel L. Jackson, if you're into martial arts films, Donnie Yen, Tony Jaa, they're mm. legends from the martial arts scene. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on. The, the celebrities and the big A-list names in that movie, a couple of good cameos that I can't uh, mention, but they'll blow your mind. It was amazing. It was incredible. I remember my first day uh, on set, Vin Diesel was, he was so cool and down to earth. He was amazing. He's a huge UFC fan. Yeah. So we had that in common straight away. And then I went up to the makeup truck. They wanted to give me a haircut and I'm walking in and I'm looking at my phone and as I'm walking in, I bump into somebody and I look up and it's Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm like, oh, and he's, hey, what's up, champ? And I'm like, uh, uh, hey, what's up, Samuel L. Jackson? How are you doing? As if it's nothing, you know? So yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. 
mad. Absolutely yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, bonkers. Do you find that it, uh, it distracts you from your actual day job, your fighting? No, it, not at all. Do you separate um, it? So you say, I'm doing this now, and then I'm going to go and do this. Well, to be honest, as I said to you earlier, I'm here filming a movie right now called mm. My Name is Lenny. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest... Through my fighting, these doors have opened, Hmm. you know, so I'm still very much aware that it's the fighting that is generating these opportunities. Absolutely. Unless I continue to do well in the fighting arena, some of these avenues may not be there. The opportunities or the doors may close. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm still, I'm proud to be a fighter. I was born a fighter and that's what's got me to where I am. So I'm focusing on my fight. I'm here filming this movie. My uh, boxing coach, sorry, my Thai boxing coach, Daz Morris from Salford Muay Thai. Mm. He's coming down down to London. He's going to live with me. I'm going to film the movie during the day. Men behaving badly, that is it. It it will be, it will be. There'll be a bit of men behaving badly. Come on, let's be honest. Um, But I'll, I'll film the movie during the day. We'll do some Thai boxing at night. And then God knows what else. <laughs> when you go back to Orange County, when you've been in the UK, especially when you've been in the Northwest, yes. does your missus say, I can tell where you've been, man. That, oh my that God. accent's come no, back. No, 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 100%. See, <laughs> I was talking to somebody last night. I do a radio show. I'm, I'm in Yeah, yeah, you're on serious, aren't well. you? Yeah, yeah. So I do a radio show, but uh, and my producer called me last night because um, I had to do the show. And straight away, I'm on the, I'm, hey, how are you, Marissa? How's it going? And, and when I put the phone down, she was, bloody, my mate was like, what was you, that? You've changed. What was that accent then? <laughs> so the thing is, you have to put on a slight American twang because otherwise they don't understand you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I come back here. When I go home, my wife, she's like, oh my God, listen to you. Yeah. Listen to you. It's come out. And like last night, all that slang words, I haven't used him forever. Like my mate was going a bit fast in the car last night. I said to him, you're not bothered about the dibble pulling you over. And I was like, dibble? I haven't said the word dibble in about 10 years. Do you know what I mean? But it's weird all the slang comes back. So, uh... Yeah, maybe good. you should bring that into Fox when you're doing your presenting on Fox. Just chuck a little a bit little of Northwest bit. slang do in there. You know what? Man. They love a bit of that. They do the Americans. Well, they, they love like the Cockney rhyming slang and things Wicked. like that. And of course, they can't differentiate. They think I'm from London, you know. So uh, <laughs> well, I'm Manchester's like, near London in their world. Yeah, well, no, it is. Yeah, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump down the street. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about there. But there you go. The accents, mate. Let's accents. let's get on to fighting, right? Let's do it. Because obviously, I know you're here to film, but you're here to obviously promote UFC 204. One hundred percent. Firstly, congratulations. Thank you. Um, you've been a pioneer for mixed martial arts in this country for time. When people think mixed martial arts, they think Michael Bispin, especially in this Thank country. You. Thank you. So it's fitting that the mm-hmm. first UK champion is Michael Bispin. Was there ever a point where you thought the chance had gone? Do you know what? I've got to be honest, and the answer is yes. You know, I mean, I've come close to fighting for the belt many times, and uh, and I stumbled. You know, and it is what it is. Now, of course, I could explain that some of these guys were on steroids and this and that, but we haven't got all day. The fact of the matter is, I lost some key matchups, some number one contender matchups, and of course, I'm 37. And you've got to be a realist. Mm. Now, I do well out of fighting. You know, it, it, you know, it compensates me very well. My family have a great lifestyle, and I'm, I'm still competing with the best guys in the world. But there was a part of me that thought, you've got to be realistic. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not going to be the champion. And I kind of resigned myself to that. Now, that doesn't mean I was never going to stop trying. Mm. It just meant that I was comfortable with where I was. I was still You were at peace with it. I was at peace with it. If yeah. it, I was at peace with the fight. If I never become the champion, well, so be it. Okay. I, I went, I set out on this endeavour to be a professional fighter, to take care of my family and my children. I've achieved that. I, I'm, I'm doing a job that people would dream to do. And, and I still very much enjoy it. So great. But then the opportunity came to uh, fight for the belt on 10 days notice, which was bittersweet as well, because I remember as soon as I found out, I went for a run. 
I was filming the Triple X movie that we were talking about. I've been on set for six weeks in Canada. You know, yeah, I've been training. I've been doing a lot of training. And uh, <laughs> there's been a little bit of partying here and there as well, of course. Well, rightfully so. you just come off the back of a win against Anderson Silva. Exactly, yeah. So, to be honest, I had been training. I was running most days and I was lifting, but I wasn't training. You went fight training. Martial. I wasn't. No, I was just making sure I looked good in the movie. Um, and I went for a run that day and I was I was running. And I'll be honest, I, I was almost crying as I was running because I thought, I've wanted this for so long. I wanted it for so long. The title shot. The title shot. I wanted to fight for the belt. That's uh, I was so hungry for that. And now here I am. I've been giving it on 10 days notice. It's, I've been stitched up. But if I don't take it now, I'm never going to get it, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, well, screw it, I'll take it. And I went out there and knocked him out in the first round. How did so. you get the weight off, man? Was it salt baths? Is it just it, pure it and weird. giving it everything it you got? So the moment, that moment before I went on that run, I was actually walking into a gym just to have a little, you know, lift a few yeah, weights, yeah. just you know, throw a few weights around and nothing too crazy. <laughs> Sweat off my hangover, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm walking in and um, I get the phone call. And I'm like, holy, sh- oh, holy crap! It's alright. Uh, we'll, we'll bleep uh, it. Yeah, you'll bleep it out. Sorry, <laughs> pardon me. So I, I go straight to the scale, straight to the scale, and I get on the scale, and it says 212 pounds. Wow. Now in 10 days, I have to be 185 yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds. So in kilos, okay, let's put it in kilos. It's like 96 kilos, and I have to be 84 kilos in 10 days. And I'm like, wow. Never mind the weights. I need to run. So that's when I went on the run I was talking about. With you know what, Mirac- the old bin bag. Get the old bin bag on, sweat it off. Well, do you know what? You, you're not a million miles away. And miraculously, the weight just kind of fell off. It really did. Now, for those people that are trying to lose weight, if you're eating a crappy diet, which kind of, you know, my of diet course. at the time wasn't too good. It's full of sodium, a lot of carbs. Every gram of carbohydrate that you ingest, your body hangs on to four grams of water. So if you eliminate all the carbohydrate, you eliminate all the salts and all the sugars and all the crap that's in a lot of nasty foods, mm. you actually lose a lot of weight. So within three, four days, I was down to like 205, 204. Wow. So by the time it came to the weight cut, I was down to 200 pounds. Day before the weighing, sweated off the last 12 pounds in a salt bath. Boom. Easy. Easy. And, and literally, boom, when yeah, you when you got in, into the octagon. Left up Larry. That's what I've been nicknamed now. That's what, It actually comes from an old friend of mine from Clitheroe. <laughs> There's a mate of mine in Clitheroe. We call him Left up Larry. We'll tell you about that one another time. From back in the day. <laughs> from back in the day, outside the Swan and Royal. Boom, <laughs> Left up Larry. He was forever christened Left up Larry. Anyway, so I stole his name, went out there, first round. Yeah, took care of business, pound for pound, one of the best in the world, world champion, put him to sleep. Talk about best in the world. Before we talk about Luke Rockhold, I want to talk Anderson Silva. Dan, Dan Henderson. Sorry. Luke yes. Rockhold of what you just oh, knocked yeah, out, sorry. sorry. Pardon me. We're going to go through the fight, yeah, man. We're going to relive it. Okay, okay. And then we'll do Dan Henderson. You but first it. of all, I want to do Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. okay? Because the whole... We could go back and we could talk about a fantastic 10-year in the USA. I just want to talk about this particular year. Sure, because this is sure. the year that's mental, right, for me. Yeah. Start of the year, you, you're obviously, UFC's coming to London. Fight Night 84, everybody's dead excited about it. It sells out without you even having a blooming opponent, right? My, my, my name was the only name. That's it. I just take this opportunity to big myself up, <laughs> of course. My name was the only name announced on it. Boom, sold out. It was supposed to be Musassi. Yes, yes, correct. Pulled. And then because... Christmas Eve, Dana White calls me. I was supposed to fight Gegard Musassi. I'm led on the couch, getting all Christmassy with the kids. Of course. You know, you can picture it now. I'm putting the star You've got a hat on. you got a hat on. Yeah, got hat on. we got, you know, we've got, you know, Jingle Bells playing over it. You know, it, it's yeah, a man. lovely scene. That's it. Any Disney movie you, you were shooting, it. You were shooting the Bisping... That's what was going on in my photo, house. Yeah. You know, we were full of glee <laughs> and charm. And phone, the phone rings and I look at it. Dana White. Whenever the boss man calls you, always maybe he's wishing me happy Christmas. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe it's a nice Christmas bonus. You know, Christmas has come a day early. 
there, a Ferrari there now? Oh, really? You shouldn't have done it again. Uh, no, so I pick up the phone. He's like, hey, man, I got good news and bad news. I said, right, okay. Bad news is your fight with Musasi is off. And I'm like, oh. For those oh. that don't know, decent rank fighter in, in the middleweight Gegard division. Gegard Musasi big, big. is an incredible fighter. Yeah. Incredible fighter. For those that don't know, he's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Very, very tough fight. He says, yeah, you fight in London. No, sorry, this was what he said. Your fight in London with Gegard Musasi is off. And I'm like, oh, man, that is bad news. He says, you want the good news? I said, yeah. He says, your fight in London's back on. And I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, I'm a little confused now, Dan. He just told me it was off. He said, Gegard's out. Anderson Silva's in. And I'm like, oh, all right. Anderson. What's the initial thought, man? Come on. Initial thought was... 100, and this is why I've got a good relationship with Dana, because I didn't even hesitate. I was like, yeah, 100%. I've always wanted to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thus far, it's had eluded me. He was the champion for a long, long time. He has the moniker of the greatest of all time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. You, you want me to fight Anderson Silva in London, sold out crowd, O2 Arena. Come on, where do I sign? So there you go. That's how it came about. Let's talk about the fight itself, yeah? Yes. Because let's be straight. You've been in some brawls. You've uh-huh. been in some great fights. Sure. Yeah? Chung Lee, we're, we're an absolute Kung Lee, we're an absolute belter, right? You're probably, bit, you. I would say, your best performance. But I'm if very look... impressed with your knowledge, by the Mate, way. Mate, I'm a fan. Mate, amazing. amazing. You, you, listen, you, you just take it for granted that I'm going to fanboy on you later on, right? <laughs> Let's go to the Anderson Silver fight. Yeah. As a spectacle for a UFC fan, <laughs> when they look at that fight, that had everything. If you're going to talk about a Hall of Fame fight. Sure, sure, sure. It's just a shame that it wasn't on one of the UFC 204 yeah, type of monikers. Yeah, no, it was a absolutely. UFC fight night. Yeah, absolutely. So the fight, of course, with Anderson Silva, I always felt that I matched up well with him and I always thought I knew how to beat him. you got to pressure this guy. If you allow him the room to, you know, go use his box of tricks. Of course. Then you, you got Front problems. kick to the face, man. You've got to watch it. The guy's very inventive. He's <laughs> yeah, very yeah. creative. So anyway, so I pushed the pace round one, you know, one round one, dropped him at the end. Round two, more of the same, boom, landed a left hook, put him on his backside. At that point, just before you go on to what happened yeah, later on, yeah. what, what are you thinking? I'm thinking this fight's over. When I dropped him with that left hook, I dived on top of him, mm. I was landing some ground and pound, and I thought, here we go, here we go, this is going to be the end. Anyway, the round finished, he made it out the round. Round three, we start, and it's just more of the same. And I'm thinking in my mind, just do, keep doing what you're doing. Did it surprise you? Do you think, blooming heck, I'm taking Anderson Silver out here? Yeah, I don't know if I was surprised, but see, at those moments, I'm just very, very focused. So you, yeah. you gotta, you can't okay. lose. If you lose focus for a second, you're out. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm, but I, all I remember thinking is, keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm gonna win this fight. And then he hit me with something, and my mouthpiece, my gum shield, to use the English term, my gummy, uh, went flying across the octagon. Now, the, the rules, for those that don't know, if your mouthpiece or your gum shield goes out your mouth, if there's a break in the action, the referee has to stop it and give it to you. Yeah. Now, for my money, there was a break in the action because we weren't exchanging blows. So I stop, I look at the referee, and I point on the floor, and I say, hey, my mouthpiece. As I'm doing that, Anderson Silver launches through the air with a, hey, Timed it. Beautiful. It It was amazing. When you watch it back, it was like something out of the Matrix. Wow. Flying knee, Bruce Lee special, right in my face, nearly took my head clean off my shoulders. I fall on the floor like a sack of spuds and um, it opened up about five cuts in my face, big scar here, scar there, blood broke my nose. It was a mess. But when he landed it, the actual round ended at the same time. The hooter went off, yeah. The the buzzer went. So... uh, Anyway, I made it back for the fourth round. I, by this point, I was a mess. I was covered in blood. Won the fourth round, though. 
came back. Well, Sean... you missed something there, right? Because the, because a lot of the fans that were in the O2 that night, yep. they missed the hooter. They saw the knee. Mm. They saw you go down. Well, and Anderson Silva the They might have thought that was the fight being called. Yeah, and he celebrated. He was up. He, he was on he the did. side. He was giving it the... So there's pandemonium at pandemonium. the end of the third. That's yeah. the thing. So the theatre all kicks in with the UFC there. Yeah. End of the third round, it's pandemonium. You're out. You're being dragged back to your uh, third. Yeah, I'm on the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> arguing with the referee at this point. And the referee's saying, the fight's not over. And I'm going, are you sure about that? He's, he's celebrating, man. Tell cage. him. He's doing his celebration dance. I mean, you might want to tell him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, he says, no, 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 fight's not over. Fight's not over. And then they're trying to pull Anderson Silva down off the cage and they're explaining to him and he's like, what? Uh, so there's that American accent. What? Yeah. What? Um, so yeah, pandemonium, as you say, good word. But um, fourth round, mate. Yeah. To do what you did in the fourth round, it's like, you, there's some. You, it was superhuman because you were out. You were yeah, out. Yeah. Cold. No, I was out on my feet uh, for sure, for sure. You know, it was just pure instinct and will that got me through that fourth round. I mean, I was covered in blood. I was wiping the blood off my face. My nose was broke. <laughs> I could hardly see. My boxing coach says it best, Jason Perillo. He said, "Of course, when I put you out there for that fourth round, because I didn't get a cut man either because of the pandemonium and the chaos. Yeah, a cut man, a cut man didn't get to clean me up and vaseline me and yeah, things yeah. like that. When I went out for the fourth round." Um, he said he was kind of concerned, you know, as my coach, you know, broken nose, face wide open, several places. He says, but you were out there. He says, I was looking at you. He said, and through all the blood, he said, I could just see two eyes, two blue eyes through all the red. He said, and I looked at him and I thought, this motherfucker's got this. That's what he said. Pardon my French, bleep it out later. Um, but yeah, that's There was what no said. way you were getting beat. There was a, was there a moment at the end of that third, right? You've won the first two rounds, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Thinking, well, I was winning the third as well up yeah, until Yeah, up that. until that point. And yeah. you're thinking to yourself, this could be... Well, if I don't get a title shot, this is my defining moment. I'm taking Anderson Silver out here. Absolutely. He hits you with the knee. Are you thinking to yourself, I've chucked this. I've chucked it away. But no, no. I thought I haven't come this far to let this happen. Hence I, the fourth round. I, yeah, the fourth round. I thought, well, no way. No, he's not stealing this away at this moment. Because you're right. I mean, had I never fought again after that fight, for me... That's I, the one that everybody would have remembered you for. Well, 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 yeah. And it wasn't just that. See, because I'd had a great career in the yeah. UFC, but I'd also... I knew what my critics say about me. They say he's a great fighter, but he always loses the big ones. So for me, the fight with Anderson was a case of going out there and proving that I can win the big ones and I can beat this guy and I could have beaten him when he was champion. So I wasn't going to be denied because, you know, there was a positive, you know, if I'd have retired after that fight, I wanted this to be the fight that everybody remembered me for. Main event, O2 Arena in London, the nation's capital, Anderson Silva, doesn't get any better. Yeah. I thought, I'm not letting you take this away from me. So I had to dig deep, but I got it done. Mate, you did get it done and well done to you for doing that because, as I say, as fights go, fight fans will always refer to not many main cards. I mean, we saw one at the weekend with Nate Diaz and, and, and yep, Conor yep. McGregor live up to the hype. Sure. Not many live up to the hype. Correct. So when you see it and you're in there and you say, oh man, this is this is what fight fans are Was you there? For. Were you there live? Absolutely, man. Oh, fantastic. It comes to thank, London. Thank you very much. So off the back of that, yeah? Yeah. You've got the Anderson Silver victory. Yes. Tell me the process then of how the Luke Rockhold fight comes because you've already mentioned it came at short notice. Yeah, he was yeah. he was in for Chris Weidman part two. Sure. Doesn't happen because of his injured neck struck back. Tell me about that process. So, um, just real fast. So I, I'm in London after the fight. My wife came out for the fight. We stuck around for London for a few days. Had a little holiday in Rome. Dana White calls a couple of days after the fight just to congratulate me and have a little chat. Dana's a good guy. We have a great relationship. 
Michael, sick fight, bro. Sick fight. Amazing, man. You know, and I'm like, right, okay, that's all well and good. What's next? Title shot. I said, I want a title shot, Dana. And like you say to your kid at Christmas when they say, I want everything that comes on the advert. We'll see. We'll see. No, that's he what didn't. he said. He didn't, we'll see. He said, we'll see, we'll see. And I'm like, we'll see. Come on, that's what I tell my six-year-old. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, um, and that was that. There was no more talk of it. And then Rock Hall was fighting Wyman again. So I thought, ah, well, whatever. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. Went up to uh, Canada filming that Triple X movie. And uh, then I was, the call comes. Uh, well, well, I was actually due to come home. And I was going to the, the shopping centre to buy some presents for my kids because I've been away for a while. And I'm in there and I look at Twitter. I'm waiting in line. I just look at Twitter because I'm bored. And I see that Chris Wyman's injured. So I text Dana White right then and there. I said, look, listen. Part of my language. I said, if either of those pussies can't make the walk in two, week, two weeks, you know where I am. And you're referring to Jack Ray? Oh, no, you, oh, no, oh, 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 Made sense. He just had a big yeah, yeah, yeah. week fair before. Uh, and I thought, all right, well, fair enough. Um, I'm not getting it. They're going to go with Jackery because there's no way he's going to say no. So in typical Northern Michael Bisping fashion, like an absolute idiot, because I got all excited and then it got swept away, went and had a few beers with my mates. Why not? Because I was Fight's pissed. not happening. Well, if I wasn't happening, Jackery's <laughs> taking it. Do you know what I mean? Why wouldn't he take it? Why wouldn't he take it? Next day I wake up, a little blurry eyed. I had no filming that day. So, you know, I'm good to go. I'm, you know, I can do what I want. Yeah, yeah. Wake up. Mike Jackeray don't want it, man. Rough, rough as a badger, right? I'm walking into the, the gym, as I said, to have a little sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even tell me. Dana didn't even tell me. I'm walking in. Bing, 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 He's giving bing, you the thumbs up. That's enough, no, mate. No, He's no, giving no, you the no. thumbs up the day before. The phone starts exploding like oh, nothing man. you've ever seen. And then Ariel Hawani, a reporter, calls yeah, me. Yeah. And he says, Dana's just announced on SportsCenter, which is ESPN, I think. He's just announced on ESPN that you're fighting for the belt. I'm like, you are? Hold on a minute. You Hold on a minute. What? So then that's when the panic set in and I went on that run. So that's how it happened. Serious, man. Serious. And then we get to this point where we're at right now. Yes. So that you've pioneered... For well, well before you were in the UFC, but for ten years you've been in the UFC, the British uh, shining light on the UFC. Now you're the champ, and then you kind of get to call a few shots. So yes, we bring it to Manchester, man. Of course, and this is what it's course. all about. Uh, October eighth, um, I believe tickets for this go on sale September 9th. We'll give you more details on that in a minute. Uh, but let's talk about that because this must be your dream to to defend yes. a title. In this city, oh. that's just sensational. No, 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 it really is, and it sounds cliche to say, "Oh, childhood dreams" and all mm-hmm. these type of things. But you know, the MEN has hosted so many fantastic events over the years, and so many legendary fights. Of course, that was you know where Ricky Hatton, you know, really you know established himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so many great fights, you know. So getting involved with this sport, I never thought I would fight there. And then I remember the first time I fought that UFC 70 in 2007. Wow, that's time ago, yeah. mind. It was crazy, the support I had. So, and of course, I always wanted to represent England. I wanted to be the first champion and I've done those things. Then I wanted to defend it in Manchester because the UFC, you know, you know, they do a great job of putting on good fights here, but we've never had a UK champion. And I thought, well, I've, they've got one now. 
I want to defend it here in Manchester. So we had a conversation with Dan. Well, I had a conversation with Dan. You did it. You told him what was happening, didn't you? I, no, well, no, actually, you know, <laughs> I, you know, he offered me Dan Henderson. We talked about where, and I said Manchester. And he said, well, what about the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff? And I said, well, that's good. I said, but come on, it's got to be Manchester. Yeah, man. It's got to be Manchester. And he turned around to Lorenzo on the phone and said, hey, Mag wants to do Manchester. And lo and behold, Manchester, here we are. Um... To come back here as the champion, I mean, after the uh, after I won the belt, I came back and did like a little yeah, victory yeah, yeah. tour and I went to the Trafford Centre and did a sign in there. And I could have cried, to be honest. The, the, there was thousands of people there. Has the, it surprised you? Yeah. Because you're used to being in the States. No, so is, listen, has it surprised the, what it's the, like the, over the, here now? The comments that people came up and said to me, it just blew my mind. You, like, I'm not, I'm not bragging. It, it's all right. Like, so there, you there, can there, self-praise, there, mate. Go there, for it. There, there was like, I'd say about 20 people came up and said, when you won the title, I cried. Legit. And, and, and I was like, I just couldn't compute it. I was like, why are you so emotionally invested in my fighting? I couldn't, I just couldn't understand it. Yeah. I, I, I was blown away. I was truly humbled. I, I sat there for hours after I was meant to leave and made sure everyone got whatever, a picture or a signature or, or call me a wanker. Um, so, and it was just amazing. So now to come here, first defence in Manchester, well, Doesn't people are emotionally better. people are emotionally invested because they've followed it for forever since sure. uh, for, since the ultimate fight, mate. They've gone all the way with you. Yeah, they've yeah. wanted it and wanted it. Yeah, and all yeah. these fights you mentioned, we'll get to Henderson, obviously UFC 100, Vitor, sure. Chel Sonnen, all these fights. They got oh, nearly, yeah, nearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it happens. It's yeah. like what? <laughs> it all just put, it all just pours out. Yeah, it? I guess, I guess. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, you're right. So I mean, yeah. it's like your football team, isn't it? You got oh, of we course. got to the semi final. Oh, we got to the semi final. Yeah. Now we're in the final. What? Well that's, well, that's why I always feel a lot of pressure whenever I fight in England. I've used that analogy before. I've said, you know, if you go and spend money and go and watch your football team that you support, Absolutely. you want them to win. And yeah. if they lose, you leave feeling, you know, you, you, you're down, you know, you're dejected. You've spent all that money. You know, you've given up your Saturday. You've, you've travelled yeah. down there. You might have stayed in a hotel and they bloody lost. No one wants that. Mm. And no one wants me to lose here. So I, I feel that. I feel the pressure. I understand they're giving up the hard-earned money. You know, the tickets aren't cheap. People have to stay in hotels if they're travelling around. You know, so I don't take any of that for granted. Well, let's do USD 204, right? Because the yes. opponent... Let's, because there's unfunfinished business here, isn't there, Massively, mate? massively. Dan Anderson, it was the, the big signature event, for those that don't know, UFC 100. This is the, the first big signature event. Obviously, we just had UFC 200, but the first one, you guys were the yeah. headliners off yeah. the back of, obviously, being the coaches in tough, right? So now, yeah, you have an opportunity as the champ <laughs> to say, right, what do we do? We're, one, we're going to go to Manchester, and two, this is who we're doing it with. So for the listeners that don't know, UFC 100 was the biggest event in the sport's history, yeah. okay? And what happened? I got knocked out cold. And when and I say cold, I was out. I was out for a long, long time, and now... There was a bit of dirty business after the knockout well, as well. Well, he knocked Let's be me straight, out cold, man. and then he dived in there and gave me another one when I was out conscious. A serious one. Not a tap. he gave you a serious one. Oh, no, one. It, it, was, it was a proper one, yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest, I was so out of it after that. It took me around, I would say, an hour and a half to even realise what was going on. It, 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 yeah, it was pretty heavy. My brain was scrambled for a while. And everybody, again, I'm tooting my own horn here. Everybody said I was done. All the journalists, people involved with the sport said, there's no way somebody can come back from a knockout like that one. So anyway... Your first, that was your first knockout, though. Your yes. first knockout yeah, loss. Yeah, first stoppage, yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, anyway, fast forward. Here we are. 
when I won the title from Luke Rockhold, Dan Henderson fought on the same card and he had a devastating knockout again, knocked out Hector Lombard, a person that's never been knocked out. Yeah. And uh, the UFC said, hey, we're thinking you versus Dan Henderson. Obviously, there's the backstory and all this. Listen, he's a bit older these days, uh, as am I, you know, but, uh, you know, I've got the a little bit of a youth advantage on him. I owe that guy. And you I do. think with the backstory, it sells, you know, there's a, a lot of people invested in that. Dan Henderson... It's perfect for the UK audience as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, the, 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 like you said, the romance of the story. Yes, it's there. Exactly. There's retribution, exactly. and everybody buys into that. And he and he's a legend of the sport as well. Of course, you yeah. Know, w- w- whether you know, I agree with what happened with that second shot, or whatever. The guy is a legend of the sport. He really is. So, um, yeah, I, I get a chance for retribution. I get to do it in Manchester. I get to defend my title, and I get to give him one back because God knows. I owe him one. How did it make you feel after the fight when he uh, he tests positive for uh, his his drug allegations, the testosterone? Yeah, testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, for again, those that don't know, I've fought in number one contender matchups three times, and each time they've been on what's called testosterone replacement therapy, where they're allowed sixteen times the normal amount of testosterone, and I wasn't even aware of this. Now, of course, that's been disallowed. It's it's not allowed. Why does, yeah, it's all he, changed up. He was on that at the time. I had no idea. I should have been privy to that information, of course. Uh, so, yeah, so so that, that, that irks me, but it is what it is. You can't be bitter. You can't let it consume you. you got to move on with your life. Uh, now, of course, we get to fight on a fair playing field. I've always been natural. I've achieved what I've achieved through blood, sweat and tears. And talking of blood, sweat and tears, there's going to be some on display October 8th or the morning of the 9th in the MEN or the Manchester Arena. But when I say blood, sweat and tears, it's going to be Dan Henderson's blood and tears. Not mine, my friend, not mine. Talk about that because you just mentioned in the morning of the 9th. Yes, yes, yes. For those that don't know, obviously it's coming it's coming to UK, but for the West Coast American audience, yep. you've got to do this in the early hours of sure. Sunday morning for the TV rights over there. The big pay-per-view sales that they got over there. Yep. So the approximate Octagon walk's going to be, what, 4.35 a.m.? I'd say around 4 a.m., yeah. I mean, as you said before, predominantly it's an American sport. And unfortunately, mm. the economics of the business, you know, with it being a pay-per-view, with it being a title fight, it's just the way it is. Here, uh, the fight will be available free of charge on BT Sports. Yep. Uh, and, and that's not a luxury they have in America. It's $60 per buy. It's on pay-per-view. So, of course, they don't want to lose that money. That's a massive revenue generator. So they, they need that revenue. Well, let's be honest, Mike. That's, you know what I mean? If you're doing the pay-per-views, that's where that's what's paying for the next swimming pool, mate, isn't it? Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's happening late at night. How are you going to do it? Because it's like well, four, well, four o'clock, five o'clock, you're going to stay on West Coast time or what are you going to do? Exactly, exactly. So so after I've done this uh, uh, stint of PR and, and, and done this movie, I'm going back to California. I'm going to train like a madman. I'm going to come out here on the Tuesday before the Saturday. Yeah. And I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna stay on California time. So morons like me in the media have to interview you at midnight. Is that how it works? Uh, you know, maybe yeah. six o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> something like that. You know, because six o'clock in the afternoon is six a.m. Twelve hours later, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd still be awake anyway. Uh, that is the plan, of course. Easier said than done. It's always easy to say that. We'll see. No doubt, this lady over here, the PR woman, will be ringing my room at nine a.m. saying, "Michael, you have radio interviews in the morning," and I'll be like, "Well, you can get stuffed because I'm fighting at five a.m." Now, regarding five a.m. I know the people in Manchester are coming out. They're excited for this fight. I understand it's a big ask. They've done it before for Ricky Hatton versus Costa Zoo. Joe Calzaghi as well. We Jeff oh, really? Lacey was a, an early morning oh, was one it as well. Really? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, oh, right. in, the, in the arena. Yeah. I wasn't aware, aware of that. So yeah, so we've done it before. I know we can do it. I'm assuming it's going to be a, 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 
a rowdy crowd. They're probably going to go They'll out They'll have for been dinner. out for a few bevies, man. That's what man. I'm saying. They're going to go out. It sounds like a good night. It Listen does. to me, go out for dinner, get a good meal, have a few drinks, go watch a fight. Okay, you're going to be knackered Monday morning. Who cares? But it's going to be a night to remember. Who cares, man? Exactly. It's not very often that we get a UFC pay-per-view event right here in our, in our fine city. So there make, we go. There make sure you go. take full advantage of it. Tickets on sale September the 9th. If uh, UFC London's anything to go by, the, the speed that you sold them out with just you on there, then yes. all of a sudden when this romance of the of the matchup with you and Henderson is on there, they're going to go fast. You've got to be quick on that phone. Yes, absolutely. Uh, from what I'm led to believe, there's a serious amount of people that have pre-registered for tickets. Yeah. I think there's you know thousands and thousands of people that pre-registered for tickets. So if you want a ticket, as you say, September 9th, Vicky, how did they get them? Where did they go? Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster.com. Don't be disappointed. Anyone that does buy a ticket, Always grateful. I'm just a humble lad from Clitheroe doing my thing and proud to represent Manchester and Great Britain on the world scene. And you're guaranteed a show. It's going to be something else. Hey, I always deliver. <laughs> always I try deliver. To. Quickly before I let you go. Yes. Because you're going to beat him. You're going That's to smash him up, man. That's the plan. That's the Okay, yes, I am. Right, you're going to smash him up. So therefore, 2017, I'll throw some names your way. Please. Give me the list of what order you're going to do them Let's all in. Go. Right, you ready? There's rumours about John Chet Pierre. Bring it on. Yeah? Listen. Let's do it. I've said this. I, I, I'll tell you right now. The, the, they've just announced a card in Toronto. December. Wow. If George St. Pierre wants to go for it in December. In his own place. In Toronto, in Canada, I will dust off Dan Henderson in Manchester. I'll take a week off and then I'll fly to uh, Toronto and I'll take him. In his own backyard. In his own backyard. There's an exclusive for you. There you That's go. what I'm pushing for. That's for UK fans, it's for. only it's only what five six hour flight. You can get on that. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> Come on, couple of buses. <laughs> we mentioned Jackeray earlier. Yep, he's got to be there or thereabouts. Absolutely, absolutely. The guys there as tough as they come. Listen, there's a bunch of people at the top. After I've taken Dan Henderson, which is only just over six weeks, they're still going to be there. Yeah, uh, Jackeray, of course, deserves a shot. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, if you've got unfinished business with Henderson, you've got unfinished business with uh, Mr. Belfort, aren't you? Yeah, you know, Belfort is another one that I do owe him one. That guy is a prolific steroid abuser. You know, I mean, if you look at the body on him now compared to when I fought him. Like because, me. Because the drug <laughs> testing is very, very strict now. They randomly test us all the time, and I'm proud to say I've never failed a test. Uh, that guy has been banned and suspended so many times, so now we can't take steroids. He looks like a completely different person. Um, when I fought him, he looked like the Brazilian Incredible Hulk. It was ridiculous. I owe him one. Vito Belfort. After I'm done with Dan Henderson, I'll take uh, Vito Belfort in the locker room. And, th- and then finally, <laughs> a man that's been slagging you, the man that you, a man who you stepped into his into his shadow Weidman. to take it, Chris Weidman. He's been gassing, hasn't he? He's been gassing Would off, you man. You know, Chris Weidman needs to get a grip. He got his arse kicked soundly off Luke Rockhold. He's coming off a loss. You don't get title shots coming off a loss. If he goes away and he wins a fight, he wins a fight. We can talk. Then we can talk. Okay. But you don't get title shots coming off a loss, my friend. Champ, Champ does what he wants now, man. <laughs> Champ does what he wants. Finally, just to finish, Dan Henderson uses the UFC 100, finishes his logo. He does. Is there going to be a UFC 204 as maybe a Mr. Bispin logo just for a bit of payback? You know, I, you I don't know. I've never thought of that. But I'll tell you, I, I, as, as you said before, he knocked me out. And then when I was led unconscious, he took a dive through the air and did like a flying forearm smash, like something from a wrestling from WWE or something. And he could have caused me serious brain damage. Um, Fortunately, I was able to get through it. When I knock him out, and I will knock him out, I'm going to go over his left hand. Left hand Larry, isn't it? Left hand Larry's coming. Left hand Larry's (laughs) coming again. And I'm not going to touch him. I'm going to set an example. I'm going to help him up off the canvas because 
I'm a class act. Well, I'm that's a martial artist. I'm gonna say that's what it is, isn't it? That's what well, martial it's supposed is. to be, right? It's supposed to be, you know. So I, I plan on winning the fight. I don't want to do. I don't want to hurt anybody, you know. I really don't. It's like when I watch a fight and see somebody get knocked out. I admire the skill that went into delivering that blow, but I hate to see somebody hurt on the floor. I mm. really don't. I don't. I don't take satisfaction from that. So I want to beat him, but then uh, I'll help him up off the floor, and then we'll go find somewhere in Manchester for a bloody mary. Or a couple of Guinnesses. In the early morning, in the early <laughs> hours. Eight, be eight o'clock pint, you've got to get one, are you? <laughs> Mike, listen, I totally appreciate you coming in. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming in and we wish you all the best on UFC Tour 4. It's man. an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. You can watch that entire interview by following us on social media. We are at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It's all there for you to go and have a little bit of a nosy. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com, because there'll be more stuff as we build up to fight night of UFC 204. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. Top man. Cheers, mate. Hey, that was brilliant. Fantastic. You know your stuff, mate.